Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Dudes in Sex Academy podcast. And before I get into it really quick, I wanted to make a few short announcements before we got started. Um, and first first of all, um, we're, we're in the process of doing a new campaign around sending kids to bug camp. So we are going to be hosting um, – I posted a bonus episode earlier this week about this, but I just wanted to mention it here for all of you guys um, to hear. So um, – yeah, we're going to be hosting an awesome um, four-day bug camp this summer in August, and it's going to be uh, – we're, we're going to have 30 spots for kids. We're about to open registration for that, but um, it's going to be for 30 kids, and it's going to be free to them. It's going to be free to them. It's going to be free to their parents, um, and the reason that that's possible is because of you awesome people. So if you're interested in helping making this happen, um, go ahead and head to um, the link in the um, – one of the links in the – um, description of this episode and you can find the donate link there so you can you can donate some and help make this possible so we can buy supplies buy bugs um, all that kind of fun stuff and they're going to be able to pin bugs have an awesome summer camp for four days it's going to be a great time um, so if you want to help make that happen please consider um, donating for every $50 we can raise we can send one kid to camp and have give them the amazing opportunity that that can serve we've done a camp like this before and it was an absolute blast. Um, and this time we're so blessed to be able to do it for free for them. So um, it's going to be a great time. Um, it, it was awesome last time. It's going to be even better this time. Um, I'm super excited for it. So, yeah. Um, that's it for our announcements. So without further ado, let's just get right into this episode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Little Dudes Insect Academy podcast, and I'm super excited because I'm here with two entomologists, Meredith Bean and Sarah Locke, and um, I'm really excited to be here and talk with them about all the work that they have done um, together, and so, yeah, I can't wait to get started, so welcome to the show. Great, thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, so let's just let's just jump right into this. Um, how long have you two been working together? Well, we... Both entered the Clemson Forest Health, um, I suppose, Forestry and Environmental Conservation Program. Mm -hmm. We entered the program right before, right after the pandemic. August 2020, so in the middle of it. Yeah, I guess it was the middle. Yeah, Yeah, so we did um, all of our classes initially from our house. Okay. I think you were actually based out of Charleston for a lot of it because your program really hit the ground running. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, and so when did both of you, uh, when did both of you get interested in entomology to begin with? <laughs> oh goodness! I think we both kind of fell into it. Is a safe way to say that? Um, yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> I have an environmental science and policy background. Okay. And then my first job out of college was with uh, forest pest and mosquito management. Okay. So it just kind of worked out on my end. And this is Meredith. Um, but Sarah can speak for herself. I can. Um, so I actually started out wanting to be a graphic design student. Okay. Much, much longer ago than where we are right now. Um, I was offered a position as a graphic designer for a um, sporting clothes company and realized that I couldn't see myself being in a building all day working on um, designing one hits of clothing for different individuals. It just wasn't Mm -hmm. what I was interested in. And I had a bit of a, I guess, um, 
quarter life crisis mm -hmm. <laughs> and started looking for what else I could do. And that's when I found Forest Health. I was actually brought into the um, Lymantria dispar, which it's an invasive pest that's been in the Northeast for, oh goodness, since 1896. Oh, wow. They've been sampling for this thing, watching whether it's moving across the country or not because it causes issues for oak trees. Mm. Um, I was brought into that program at a low level, and the supervisors asked me, um, why aren't you in forestry? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing led to another, and after doing a stint in forest pathology type research work, I ended up joining the regulatory agency that handles invasive pests. Okay. And from there, jump back out to get my PhD so that I can, I guess, be a better bureaucrat for um, <laughs> advancing insect and forest health yeah. work. That's so funny okay. that we both got our start with uh, what was formerly known as Gypsy Moth. Right. It mm. seems like Gypsy so Moth had a lot of funding for uh, government agencies to mm -hmm. start their forest health programs. Okay. And has just become a jumping off point for other forest pest management. It really has. There have been a lot of forest health individuals who got their starts with that program. And just for background, um, if you look at some of the historic documents talking about those initial outbreaks for gypsy moth, mm -hmm. um, they had issues with wrecks where vehicles would um, go off-road, have collisions, everything else, because the number of caterpillars crawling out of the woods after they had exhausted all the leaves and food supply coated the roads, just a slick wow. goo of caterpillar bodies. Wow. And that's happened even as recently as the 90s in rural Pennsylvania. Wow, okay. It's a pretty intense insect. <laughs> and so uh, both of you work with similar um, forest health. Meredith, you work with forest health as well, or? Yes, yes. So now I'm in Asian longhorn beetle research, uh, which is the newest invasive uh, wood boring beetle in Charleston. Okay. Uh, but it's been in the United States since the late 90s. It was up in New York, Illinois, Ohio. So it's, it's a very familiar uh, pest for management programs, but it's mm -hmm. brand new to South Carolina. Okay. And that new climate is really going to be interesting uh, from a management side of things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so let's go to schooling. Um, so did both of you go to the same school or or schools or what? Um, let's just start with Sarah. What did you? Sure. What did you do? So I started off with my undergraduate. Well. I've done my undergraduate in quite a few different places. Um, I actually have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Okay. It's uh, formally considered a learning disability. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I have always had incredibly bad grades in some areas and mm -hmm. very good in others. Um, okay. As a result, I had a 1.5 GPA for quite a while at one point mm -hmm. and bounced around back and forth until I found my home at University of Missouri. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did my undergraduate at that school. And now I'm doing my PhD at Clemson. Okay. Yeah, um, I am originally from Arizona, but lived in Virginia for a long time. So I went to in-state uh, George Mason University for environmental science and policy and then just kind of worked in forest pest stuff right out of college and found a great opportunity to study Asian longhorn beetle at Clemson University. So that's where we met each other. Yep. Okay, very good. And uh, what are both of you doing together right now? 
Well, we are both working on separate projects, but okay. we are working specifically with regulated pests. Okay. So Meredith is working with the federally regulated. That basically means that when it comes to interstate movement, the federal government has control over what you can do with this particular insect pest mm. because it has been considered such an issue for multiple areas. Okay. Um, for me, I am working actually not on an insect, but instead on a plant that okay. is um, state regulated, which means that they control how it's handled within the state, but not mm. in the other states around oh, okay. it. Yeah. Right. So we both deal with regulatory things, and that is our overlap, yeah. besides the government interest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We found a lot of overlap in our little side projects as well. Mm -hmm. We both uh, do a lot of work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm -hmm. as well as wellness and health initiatives around the school campus. Mm -hmm. uh, so we found a lot of uh, ways to integrate that into how we're studying and how we're improving the, the place around us. Very yeah, good. that's a really big focal area actually that um, a lot of institutions are moving towards is a better understanding of what it means to really be safe and healthy in what you're doing, whether yeah. you're a student or a worker, yeah. and how that impacts our ability to control different pests. Yeah, all right, very cool. Um, so have we covered pretty much, I mean, broadly, kind of the research <laughs> that you guys, you, you both have done? Recent research. Yeah. Done a lot of different stuff. Okay. Played with a lot of bugs. <laughs> and uh, fungi. And fungi. Oh, yep. yeah. Okay. I'm definitely a mushroom person at heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, do you do we want to go into those things? If or? you would like to hear about yeah. some super Let's weird mushroom stuff. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. my favorite. All right. Super weird mushroom stuff. Go ahead. So one of the fungi that I worked on... Um, is this stuff of legends and nightmares, I'd say. Okay. So back forever and ever ago, Plato, one of mm -hmm. our ancient philosophers, um, he described foxfire, right? We've known about this forever, this idea of foxfire. It's this magical green glow in the woods in the middle of the night. You're walking along through the woods and you kick a rock or you kick a log and around it you see this pulse of this eerie green light. That's um, actually a fungus. Mm. So that fungus is our malaria. And the work that I did was deciding, um, proving whether or not the mushroom part of the fungus glows as well, or if it's mm. just the below ground part. Okay. These fungi, they live for thousands of years and they can cover miles with just one organism. Wow. And they don't change over time. Their um, makeup, their DNA is so incredibly constant that they just stay how they are forever. Wow. They make um, tubes called rhizomes that they shoot their little bodies through and hmm. it hardens off with uh, outside made of chitin, similar to what insects have. Okay. And it keeps them safe from both light and drying out. And that way they're able to travel incredibly far and stay alive. Mm -hmm. They also feed on the lignin part of trees, which is what makes trees really hard. That's the woody part. Mm. And as a result, they're this pretty intense um, forest change piece. So mm. they rot out the bottoms of trees and then the trees fall over and die. Um, it's a whole issue. And we consider this mushroom, this fungus, to actually, once it's in an area, you don't get rid of it. This is just what you 
have now, the end. It's like an old god, right? Mm -hmm. An eldritch horror that's in place. And it's wow. making light out there in the dark, talking to itself, talking to the others around it. Um, and I was able to show for the first time ever that the mushrooms do produce light, just at a level that people can't see. And that wow. moment, sitting in this deep, dark lab in the bottom of this filthy basement. Oh, it's not <laughs> filthy. I take that back. It just smells a little because it's old. Um, sitting in the bottom of this basement in the dark, in front of a computer screen, watching the readouts from my instruments. And the first time I saw that pulse showing that that light was there was a really fantastic moment because... It was having this intense cosmic secret that no one had ever known yeah. and having a moment to just sit with it and only the fungi and I know what they are doing until I decide to say something. It was really wow. cool. That's yeah. Sick. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's and crazy. And they're probably also talking to bugs when they do it. That's yeah. preliminary <laughs> data, but yeah. yeah. Um, so when was that? When did you do that? Oh, I did that, I think it was 2018. Okay. We did write a publication, which we used to refute some previous work where other um, researchers had, not incredibly long before that, said, nope, the mushrooms don't produce light, pack it up, everyone go home. The Russians, right? It was the Russians. The Russians. There, was, there was a group of Russian researchers that they went um, on a, they took a more um, molecular basis, so a lot more chemistry interest mm -hmm. and the way we did it we actually grew these mushrooms in jars mm -hmm. so that we could um, get them to actually produce the mushroom inside the jar you could cut the mushroom off and actually look at it oh, okay. um, which is really fantastic because it made this funky basement smell like pasta forever and ever wow. because the food that okay. you feed them is um, wood chips rice and tomatoes so. Interesting. <laughs> right. That's bizarre. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. So Meredith, what did you, what, what was some of your other research that you have done? Um, other research, I'm, I'm really lacking in the other research department, but I worked a lot with Emerald Ashbor okay. up in Virginia Department of Forestry. Mm -hmm. I coordinated their, uh, their program in their forest health department where we worked on, um, cost share programs to encourage landowners to treat their ash trees to save them from the emerald ash borer. Mm. And we also released biocontrol agents, the parasitoid wasps. Yeah. So those, that was my favorite part, seeing those yeah. little baby stingless wasps and just letting them go free in this super rare canopy of black ash in the middle of Virginia. That's awesome. Um, and being able to say I got paid to do that um, part-time. <laughs> yeah. So um, I do miss forest health work in beautiful places like Virginia, and I would recommend it to anyone. Okay, but also tell them, how many counties did you get the first catch of the bug? <laughs> so, yes. She's we, kind of a big deal. <laughs> we trapped for Emerald Ash Borer to see exactly how far the range was because no one had been trapping for quite some time. And I want to say I confirmed 13 or 14 counties in the okay. state just Four. by, like, driving around and peeling some bark and finding some larvae. For reference, I spent literal years trying to get a first catch of EAB, Emerald Ash Borer, in one county. Just one. Please, one county. And so for her to just be like, eh, you know, I just did 13. Why not? No oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So um, if we can move on to um, what are some of your plans for the future? 
you guys plan to work uh, with each other in the future and do projects together? Any trips um, that you want to go on or uh, research that you want to do in the future? Oh, goodness. Um, that's so hard. There's so many things I do want to do. Um, I do definitely want to jump back into government work. I like mm -hmm. the idea of using a people-based approach in order yeah. to help with the work that we're doing. So that's kind of the politically savvy, like this is my future type <laughs> answer. But if we get to what Sarah really desperately wants to do just for the fun of it, man, I would really like to go down to Australia mm -hmm. and I would really like to do that outback trek up to Cooper Pedy mm -hmm. where you see the um, areas that they live underground and they do the opal mining. I would yeah. really like to see that. It has opal nothing mining? to do with my job. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they get opals up there. That's where the fire opals come from. Oh, wow. The good ones. Okay, that's totally off base. Sorry. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, there is some cool bugs there, too. So. Yeah. Oh, there's a cool bug. There's, like, a lot of cool bugs yeah. there. So. Yeah. Australia has fantastic bugs. How about you, Meredith? Huh. Um, RV life is looking really nice. Yeah. <laughs> that tiny house living. Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing the rest of the United States um, yeah. in a way that I'm not tied in one location would yeah. be really neat. Uh, it's hard to say if that's possible professionally. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if remote work is going to have to be possible in order to do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can set my dreams high and see if it works. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the idea of being able to move around and see a bunch of things and do a bunch of bug, bug work um, on the move, that's actually something that's really common with the regulatory agency that controls invasive species in the United States. Yeah. So they do something called a TDY. Okay. A TDY is a temporary duty assignment. So you have your regular job. But say that you, you know, you're getting kind of antsy, you've been home for a while, you see that there's a pest infestation that happens somewhere, say, um, oh, I don't know, we catch spotted lanternfly somewhere in Colorado. Oh, nice. So no one wants to see the pest be there, but you do have that chance when you work with this agency to go out and be boots on the ground, get it handled as fast as you can, get things solved, and then head back home and then go solve something else somewhere else. So you're continuously doing important, valuable work, interfacing with the public and handling <laughs> bugs at the same time. It's a really cool job. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. All right, um, so is there anywhere where the viewers of this episode can go to find both of your work, um, follow along? So um, so that would be website or social media or anything like that. I feel terrible because I don't immediately know the Clemson Forest Health Lab handle off the top <laughs> of my head. Uh, I'm currently managing a social media account for Appalachian Society of American Foresters. Okay. Um, so on Facebook, I believe it's APSAF, APSAF, and on Instagram, it's Appalachian underscore SAF, but that's a temporary internship. My personal account is at me underscore red underscore bean. You're so fancy. <laughs> um, the Forest Health Lab site for Clemson University is at CU forest health 
www.weebly.com. No caps, no spaces. Okay. And you can follow along with what everyone's doing there. Yeah, and I'll also leave the links to both of those Absolutely. in the con- in the comments of this uh, or in the description of this episode. Sure. Um, so yeah, thank you both so much for being on the show. It was oh, really wait. nice to meet. Are we on both Instagram? Of you. Apparently we're on Instagram. Oh, you're on too. Instagram. Yep. Okay. I'm so poor as hell. I'm not good at. I'm. Yep. No not problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're on there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Thank you both so much for being on the show. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate uh, your time and talking with me. Uh, it was really, uh, it was a good time uh, chatting with both of you and learning about uh, the crazy stuff you guys have worked right. on. Yeah, thank um, you so much.